Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. I read this in a, a, a book the other day. It says, hope is commonly used to mean a wish. You hope, I hope I get pizza today, right? It's a wish, right? Hope is commonly used to mean a wish, and its strength is the strength of the person's desire. But in the Bible, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised, and its strength is in his faithfulness. Isn't that good? I wanted to put this up on the screen. Um, you saw me t- talking about smelling that book. Here's what this book was. We put together this magazine before we launched the church, and, um, and really, it's more than just some cool creative piece. It's, it's really beautiful. Um, all the art that's in it is amazing, but this is not just some slick marketing piece. And I talk about it in the documentary. What this is the product of is five days where I shut myself in and just prayed and said, God, I don't want to build my church. We want to build your church. God, we don't, we want, we, we don't want to create the church of our dreams. We want to create the church of your dreams in San Francisco. And so I began to pray, and, and this was what God promised. This is literally... This is the vision and the promise that God gave us for our church. Um, This is what it says. We see a church that is one house with many rooms spread across the Bay Area, a community known locally and globally for serving with no strings attached, a church big enough to reach the world but small enough to feel like home. We see a church filled with powerful worship and people passionately engaging in the presence of God, a place where the Holy Spirit is welcome and not weird. Amen? No, we see a church with full altars filled with people being ministered to by equipped and empowered leaders. A church reaching people far from God and teaching people how to follow Jesus. We see a church where the word of God is shared with passion and clarity. A church proclaiming the gospel unapologetically with excellence and creativity in every detail. We see a church with a world-class children's ministry raising up the next generation of leaders who love Jesus and the local church. We see a community that remembers the poor and forgotten by caring for their needs in practical ways. We see a church with invited influence and unreasonable favor in the city and around the world. A church with a seat at the table and a voice in the conversation. A group strategically partnered with other churches and organizations to make the world better and the kingdom bigger. We see a community of creatives collaborating to honor God and inspire people. A dream team of leaders and ministers living out God's dream for their lives through the local church. We see a church sending missionaries and church planners carrying the gospel around the globe to see people saved, healed, set free, and made whole. A reminder that there is no ground too hard for the gospel. We see a church whose overflow is songs, books, and resources that strengthen churches, inspire leaders, and build hope. We see a growing church that buildings can't contain with influence that the world can't ignore. A church with such significance that only God could claim responsibility. We see a church that shapes a city and a city that shapes the world. That was what God promised us. Can somebody say amen? Now... I read that to you because it all started with a dare. We, we just dared to believe God that that was going to happen. And, and here's what's happened. I, as I read that, I read it the other day, and it moved me to tears because I have seen the faithfulness of God. I have seen some of these things that are mentioned here, not all of them, but I've seen some of them already come to pass in a year. And for that today, we celebrate and we say, God, thank you for your faithfulness. God, you promised it. You said it. We believed it. We stepped out on a dare and you have come through, God. But the reality is, is not only do we celebrate what he's done, I look back at that and I see there is still so much 
more to be done. We celebrate today because we've already seen many of our hopes fulfilled due to God's faithfulness and the collective commitment and contribution of each one of you. Today, we say thank you to God and thank you to our church for your faithfulness and your commitment to the vision. But today, listen, listen. But today, as we celebrate what God has done, I'm also reminded that there is still so much more that we can dare to hope for. We dare to hope because there are more people to be reached, more messages to be preached, more songs to be written, more prayers to be answered, more ground to be taken, more services to be started, more campuses to be launched, more outreaches to be done, more favor to be given, more influence to be received, and more impact to be made. So today, as a church, we make a decision to dare to hope that the best is yet to come. Yeah. But let me ask you this. What are you hoping for? That's what I'm hoping for, for our church and for this city. But what are your hopes? What are your dreams? Better yet, let me ask you this question. What do you do when you feel like the hope that you were once holding for something, something you were been dreaming for has now been delayed for so long, you feel like you're losing your grip? What do you do when you feel like your grip is slipping on the hope that you've had, that hope to get married? that hope to have a companion, a lifelong companion, that, that prayer and that dream and that hope to have a child or that hope to find freedom in your life from that thing that's been controlling you. What do you do when your hope is slipping out of your hands? Now, I remember, I said in, the, in that documentary for a moment, I remember when Jennifer and I, and, and we were laying in bed one night and I was so discouraged in Dallas, Texas because I had been, I had been praying and hoping and dreaming about the day that we'd be able to, to pastor a church in this city. And I looked over at Jennifer right before bed and, and I said, babe, I am so discouraged. My heart, literally, I, feel, I literally, I feel sick. That's how, that's how discouraged I am. And Jennifer looks at me, classic Jennifer. Well, you need to pray about that. She rolls over and goes to sleep. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for the encouragement. You really, there's a rule in our house. Don't talk to Jennifer after 8 p.m. She's just, she's just not there. She's not there. But she said, you, you, need, you need to talk to the Lord about that. I begin to talk to the Lord, and, and, I, and I just told God, I, in a vulnerable, honest moment, I said, God, I, my heart feels sick, and I'm discouraged. I've been waiting for this thing that you promised, and we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And when I said, said that, I said, God, why, why do I feel like this? And he reminded me of the scripture in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Look what it says in the Passion trans Translation. When hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. God spoke to me that night. He said, Jason, you have a deferred hope and a delayed dream, and that's why you feel like this. But then he said this. I love the way the Holy Spirit will try to, he'll encourage you, he'll console you, he'll comfort you, and then he will correct you. I love the, the hand of God, but I don't really like the backhand of God, but he likes to do that. Right then he said, Jason, here's the thing. I, I, can't, I can't tell you that you're going to plant this church tomorrow, but I can tell you this, that you can control your spirit and your attitude while you wait for that dream to happen. And so God challenged me. He said, Jason, listen, you got to keep holding on to hope. I dare you to keep believing me. Listen, I know it's delayed, but it's not denied. It will happen if you'll just keep trusting me. You need to take responsibility for your spirit and your attitude while you keep waiting, Jason. So I just kind of just kind of mustered up the strength and I said that I'm gonna keep believing God. I'm gonna keep trusting God. And it wasn't easy, but God began to build my hope. And today I just wanna do this for you. I wanna encourage you in this area of hope because some of you right now, you're, you're hoping for something and, and it's been delayed for so long, you're discouraged. And I wanna encourage you. And some of you, you're like, I'm good, man. I'm so encouraged. I'm fine. 
there will come a moment where you'll believe for something and you'll hope for something and it may be delayed. And it's in those moments, I think the people of God should be the people with the most hope. That no matter what circumstance and situation we find ourselves in, we can still have a spirit of hope, a spirit of expectancy. Why? Not because we're anything special, but because of the faithfulness of God. That was a great spot for you to like maybe clap or amen or encourage me a little bit. Okay, thanks. I love this. You can live 40 days without food, eight days without water, four minutes without oxygen, but only seconds without hope. I love this book, Lamentations, here because when you, when you begin to study it, it's, it's actually, there, there are five chapters, but they're not really chapters. They're actually five poem, po- poems, poems, excuse me, poems. Did y'all hear Josh say y'all earlier? That just made me, just touched me, man. Just brought that Southern back out. These are, these are five poems, right? Poems, poems, poems. There you go, poems. Elton and I this morning at 5.30 in the morning, it was like, poem, 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 po- poema, the Greek, poema. But you have chapter one and chapter two and chapter four and chapter five. These are all laments and grief. But I think God in his sovereignty and how strategic he is, he, he just sandwiches strategically chapter three in the middle of it, which is the only chapter where there's hope. It's actually called a song of hope. And here's the first thing I think I, I gather from that. Write this down. Hope can be experienced in the middle of a hopeless situation. I think that's the first thing that Jeremiah wants to teach us. Even in the middle of what seems like it's hopeless, you can still experience hope. How? Listen, li- listen, write this down. Hope is not discovered. Hope is decided. Hope is not discovered. Hope is decided. You make a decision and a choice. I will believe. I will hope in God. I will trust that he's working on my behalf. No, no matter what the circumstance looks like, it may seem bleak. It may seem like it's out of reach. It may seem like the cards are stacked against me. But I choose today, I decide today that I will hope in my God. That's what Jeremiah is doing here. Look what he says. Notice he says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will. See, see, your will is the seed of your desires and your decisions. It's where you make decisions. I will to do this. I desire, therefore I decide to do this. And he's saying this, is though I'm, I, I have all around me a city of ruins, people that are, are hopeless, I have a situation that seems like there is no way out. It seems like this is never gonna happen. He says, you know what? Because the Lord is my portion, I make a decision that I'm gonna hope in him. I love this because when he says the Lord is my my portion, here's what that means. We don't say that much, okay? If you say that, maybe you should say it to your wife sometimes. Say, girl, you are my portion. Like, that's pretty strong. But let me tell you what it is. (laughs) Thanks, Josh. Let me tell you what it is. When he says the Lord is my portion, the Lord is my inheritance, some of your translations say, he's referring back to the the Levitical priest who whenever, whenever God was rationing out land as an inheritance to his people when they stepped into the promised land Canaan, When God got to the Levitical priest, he says, you don't get an inheritance of land. I am your inheritance. He says, I have a covenant with you. We're in relationship. Jeremiah says this, God, because I have you, I have hope. It doesn't matter about my circumstance. It doesn't matter what I don't have. I know what I do have, and I have I have a relationship with God. That's why, listen, if, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, listen, it's okay. We're gonna pray for you at the end of service if you'd like to start a relationship with God. But I just gotta just tell you, I would be a terrible pastor if I, if I didn't tell you this. Without God, there is no hope. 
Like there is no hope without God. Without a relationship with God through the person Jesus Christ, you have no hope. I don't care how, how rich you are. I don't care about your, your educational background. I don't care about what side of the tracks you were born on. Unless you're in relationship with God, unless you're at peace with God, you have no hope. Listen, sir, I know you got a great business and your portfolio looks strong, but listen, it is hopeless when it comes to spending eternity somewhere if you're gonna rely on that. We have no hope if we don't have God. And Jeremiah says, because I have God, I have hope. You can have hope in the middle of any circumstance, situation. I love it. He continues, he says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those, look at this, to those who depend on him. This is a statement of faith and reliance and dependence. Those who are actually depending on him and to those who seek him or search for him, so it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. You know what he's saying? is like, God is fully devoted to the people that are fully surrendered to him. When we fully rely on him, listen, that's, that's what the place where we can have, we can rest like we were saying earlier. We can rest in that place of hope when we're resting on God, saying, God, you are my hope. Notice he doesn't say in there that his hope is in uh, some outcome. He says, my hope is in God. It's not about the outcome. It's about God. It's about me relying and trusting on him. Here's the second thing I want to tell you is that hope has a helper. I need to explain this one to you. Hope has a helper. Uh, Let me show you that Jeremiah, he had someone help him in this passage to dare to hope. Look at it. It says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember when I remember this, and it goes on now, he says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will hope in him. You know who his helper was? Himself. I think a lot of times we're waiting for someone else to preach us up and hype us up when sometimes we gotta be our own hype man. You remember back in the day, like I grew up in the, in, in the 80s where we were all into wrestling, especially being from the South, and it ain't wrestling, it's wrestling, okay? <clears throat> and I, here's why I love that. I, I love like, I, I love that these guys would, they'd walk into the stadium or the arena and they're walking up and they always had like that one dude with them, the hype man, little bitty guy usually. Like the wrestler was this massive dude and they had this one little dude, he's just bouncing all around that wrestler. He's like, you got this, you're gonna do this, you're gonna destroy him. He was a hype man. Listen, sometimes you gotta be your own hype man. Sometimes you gotta look in the mirror and be like, I know this doesn't look like I'm ever getting married. Oh, but you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You gonna get married. You know, sometimes you gotta encourage yourself. This is not Tony Robbins stuff. This is like for real, okay? Like, like sometimes, why, listen to me. Sometimes you're gonna walk through some things. Let me just preach to you for a moment. Sometimes you're gonna go through some things and you're gonna have your friends. They're gonna be like, they're gonna come up to you. They're gonna try to encourage you. And you're like, I don't wanna hear it right now. You ever been like that before? You're so discouraged, encouragement discourages you. Your mama try to encourage you. Where's my mom at? She'll do it. She's somewhere over here. My mama will do it to me. She'll try to encourage me. I'm like, I don't want to hear it right now. Just leave me alone. Even you can have some of the most, you can have the best preacher. Live at your house and just, you wake up in the morning and be like, come on, just give it to me. And there's sometimes you can go through something so discouraging, so deflating, because your dreams are delayed, your hopes are delayed. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It's not going to work. And sometimes God wants to get you to the place where you'll just start to dig in a little bit, dig into his presence, dig into his promises, dig into his word, and just stare at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what the outcome looks like. It doesn't matter what my circumstances look like. I know what the doctors have said. I know what the guy at the bank said. I know those things, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. Sometimes you just gotta encourage yourself. 
I think one of the reasons I love Christianity the most is because we can talk to ourselves and not, not be crazy. If you're not a Christian, you talk to yourself, that's crazy. If you're a Christian, you talk to yourself, that's faith. I love it. Preach, I think I will. I love it what he starts to do, though. I mean, look at what he says. Here's, here's, it's not just like, you're not just like hyping yourself up. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. I'm kidding a little bit when I say it. But look what he says. Look how he encourages himself. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember. He says, it's easy to look at my circumstances and to, and to forget. What is, he, what is he forgetting? And to forget about God and, and hype up my situation and my circumstance and my condition and the cards being stacked against me. He goes, but, but I, I can dare to hope whenever I, when I remember what? When I remember God's track record. When I remember God's pattern. Look, he starts to just encourage himself. When I remember the faithful love of the Lord never ends. It's an unending and an unfailing and an unconditional love. He's saying this, I can hope because I know God loves me. I know God is for me. I can believe and I can trust for better days because I know that my God, he loves me and he is for me. He says, man, great is his faithfulness. His mercies, they begin afresh every morning. You know probably why? Because we wear his mercies out all day long and we need a fresh dose the next day. And he says, I say to myself, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good and he's good. Some of you right now, because of your situations that you've walked through, because of the pain that you've walked through, it's been so bad, you've now questioned, is God really good? And he says this, he's like, sometimes you need to just stop Stop focusing on all the stuff and you need to just remember God's track record. He's been so good to you. He has been so faithful. I know you're looking at, you're not gonna be able to pay your bills. Listen, you keep doing your part. You keep working. You go through some financial peace. Man, you steward well. But listen, if you're still faced with a challenge, you just need to look back. Stop looking at the bills. Stop looking at the debt collectors and look back at the faithfulness of God. God, you provided for me then and then and then and then. So I'm just choosing to dare to believe that you're gonna do it again. He's been good. He's been faithful. You gotta do it sometimes. I love it. It, it, it. There's a lot of guys in the Bible that actually, they would encourage themselves. Uh, remember uh, 1 Samuel 30, I won't read it for the sake of time. David was so discouraged when he lost everything. His family, uh, all of the men that he, in his army, all the military men, all their wives and their children were, were taken away. And um, when they were away at war, when they come back, their houses have been burnt down, their families have been stolen. And they're looking at this, this city in ruins, this desperate situation. And then David's men turn on him, 600 men. They start picking up rocks and they're gonna stone him. That's a bad day, okay? I don't know if you've had a bad day before you get fired. Try having people in your office pick up rocks. We're gonna stone you, okay? This is a bad day. And what does David do? David just lays down on the ground, starts rolling around, just victim mentality. No, the Bible says that David, he stops and he doesn't, even, he doesn't even engage in a conversation with these haters. He just, he just steps to the side and he goes, I'm not even gonna listen to that. I don't even care about the rocks in their hands. He gets alone with God and the Bible says, David began to encourage himself in the Lord his God. And then he puts on this little vest that the priest would wear and then you know what happens? He says, God, what do you say? Not what do they say, what do you say? What do you want us to do? He gets a word from God. He gets a promise from God. He says, let's move forward and take ground. Some of you, you would be so good if you would just stop listening to the haters, stop listening to other people as it relates to your hope and your dream and the desire of your heart and just get a word from God and encourage yourself, speak to yourself. Look at this, Psalms 42, I love it. David said this, look how he's speaking to himself, talking to himself. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? 
Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You know what he's doing? He's putting his emotions in check. He's putting his soul in check. Soul, listen, David, you got it mixed up. God is faithful. God will show up. God will deliver. God can be dependent upon. God can be relied. So here's what you need to do, soul. You need to stop crying. You need to stop complaining. You need to stop being the victim, and you need to start praising and blessing a faithful God. He's speaking to himself. Psalm 103, if you don't believe me, look at this one. Oh, I love this one. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all of your sins, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Listen, David is instructing himself. Because hope, it's not, it's not discovered. It's, it's decided upon. And it's when you make a decision, I'm going to be the greatest influence and voice in my own life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach to myself. T.D. Jakes, probably one of the greatest preachers that's ever lived. You know what he said? He said early on he learned how to preach by going out in the woods and preaching to himself. He said, if it doesn't preach to me, it ain't going to preach to nobody else. Sometimes you just got to preach to yourself. Sometimes you just got to get crazy faith and no matter how you feel, no matter what you're walking through, just start quoting the word of God. You got to just begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. I remember this. I was thinking about this. This is, this is so crazy. After we planted the church, it was about two months in. I was so discouraged. I mean, we, we started this church and there were 276 people here. I know these numbers because, listen, some people are like, it's not about the numbers. Listen, it is about the numbers. God has a book called Numbers, okay? It is about the numbers because every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every story matters to God. Yeah, there you go. But I remember 276. I was, so, I was so excited. Next week, it was 120. Week number eight, there were 90 people in this room. I remember calling Josh and said, Josh, I think I may jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> he said, don't do it. He said, Mondays need to be your Sundays. Encourage yourself in the Lord, right? It's him or somebody told me that. So on Mondays, 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 it was so powerful. Thanks, Josh. Uh, it, was, it was, so I made a decision, motivational Mondays. And on Mondays, see, because I preach to you on Sundays, and hopefully you get all stirred up, and you leave, and you go, and you're like, oh, I love Jesus. But somebody's got to preach to me. So, so on Mondays, I started listening to a couple sermons on Monday. But I got to be honest, some, some of the preachers I was listening to, they weren't that good. And uh, I felt more discouraged. Listen, if you ever feel discouraged when you're here, like, just fill out a card and be like, can you not say it again? Because that discouraged me. Because we want to encourage you. We want you to leave encouraged, okay? But I listened to a couple sermons, and they were so discouraged. And I was like, maybe I should quit. And then I then listen, I found one of the greatest preachers ever, YouTube. I went on YouTube and I just typed in motivational speeches. Denzel Washington popped up. How many of you love Denzel? I just love it. Denzel pops up and I started watching. It was like this commencement speech. I'm telling you what, some of y'all have seen it. And I don't know if there's any profanities in it. Just you've worked it out in your own theology, okay? But I'm telling you what, I got so fired up in my car. I was down at the beach at Pacifica. It's me and Denzel Washington going to church. I got so fired up. I kept doing that for a while. I remember posting a picture on social media, and somebody, somebody reached out to me. They're like, hey, are you, are you okay? And I'm like, man, I'm like, bro, I'm just at church today. It's Monday. I'm at church. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Look, let me give you some homework right here with this. I want to give you something practical. Look what it says back in that verse. He says this. It says his in Lamentations 3, verse 23. Now, I know there's a period here, but I just want to underline something to make a point. It says, his mercies begin afresh each morning. 
period. I say to myself, and then he goes on talking about the goodness and the faithfulness and all that. I think a great homework assignment for you is this, is each morning, say to yourself, God, you are good. Each morning, say to yourself, God, you are faithful. Each morning, say, God, you have been so good in my life. And I, I'm gonna, watch this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna view this situation in light of your track record in my life. I had, a, I had a friend the other day I was on the phone with and he got upset with me about something. And as he was telling me how upset he was about this one isolated moment, I said, hey, could you do me a favor? Can you just remember the type of friend that I've been and see this situation through that lens? I'm telling you what, I think a lot of us, a lot of times we walk through an isolated moment and we forget the track record of God. I just wanna encourage you, just remember his faithfulness. Each morning, tell yourself. Number three, here's the last one for you is this. Hope, trust that if we're still waiting, God is still working. Hope just believes this. Just trust that if we're still waiting on whatever it is we've been hoping for, dreaming for, desiring, praying for, getting married or having a child or getting that job or getting the promotion or whatever it may be, if we're still waiting for whatever reason, we just gotta believe, God, I, I don't understand it fully, but I'm gonna choose to believe that you're still working behind the scenes on my behalf. I think that is the way that God, God works in our life. Look at what he says in Lamentations 3. He says, the Lord is good to those who, watch this, depend on him. To those who, who search for him. Where it says depend on him, it's, it's really, it literally means this. Those that just, they just completely trust him. I just completely trust you. I just trust that you know what's best. I, I want this, but God, I trust you. Maybe I can't handle it. Maybe that's what it is. I can't handle it, so I just have to trust that you know best for me because I don't know best for me, God. I depend on you. I trust you. He says, those that depend on him to those who search for him. Look at this. So it is good. I, this, this is a hard scripture. So it is good to wait quietly. No, it's not. It's hard to wait quietly. It's hard to have your hopes deferred and delayed. It's hard to feel like it's never gonna happen. It's hard to wait quietly. Sometimes I wanna yell, throw something at the wall, waiting on what I want. You know what that is? That's immaturity. Maturity, mature faith says, you know what? I'm going to trust God. It's an, it, watch this, it's an act of waiting. See, I, I really believe this, that while we wait, we work. We don't just sit on our hands and wait. He says this, while we're waiting, we're seeking. While we're waiting, we're trusting. What, what are we seeking? What are we searching for? God, here, here's, here's what I think it is. We're searching for, for something God's trying to teach us in the waiting. God, what are you trying to show me and teach me in the waiting? Is it more of your character? Is it more of my character? Is there something that needs to be sorted out and worked on? Am I not getting the promotion because I couldn't handle it because I'd be prideful? Am I not, am I not getting married because there's still some gaps in my soul emotionally and I would probably ruin the marriage? What is it that you're trying to still work on in me? It, that may not always be the case, so hear me out. But I think a lot of times it is. A lot of times our hope is deferred because God says, listen, while you wait, I'll work if you'll work by seeking more of me, searching for more of me. Listen, I wrote this down. Some of you, you're waiting on a spouse, you're waiting on a child, waiting on a job, waiting on a miracle, waiting on a healing, waiting on a home. Listen, the best meals take longer to prepare. The best meals. My wife loves to cook and I love to eat. It's a spiritual gift. Thank you, Jesus. 
When she cooks real fast, I typically don't like it. But when she takes her time in the kitchen, I start to get antsy. I'm like, it's wet. the boys too, the boys are like, mom, is the food ever gonna be ready? And I'm just like the kids, mom, I mean, Jen, is the food ever gonna be ready? She's like, get out of my kitchen. That's like her refuge. Get out of my kitchen, let mama work. Mama's working and we're waiting. And we begin to anticipate what is to come. And I'm telling you, when we just wait quietly, when we finally eat, we're like, girl, that was good. It was worth the wait. You're still waiting. God's still working, I guess. God's still doing something in you. He's preparing. He's working behind the scenes for you. But I love this, and I'll finish with the, these verses here. Psalm 27, he says, here's what I've learned, the songwriter said. It's something I've learned. You know, he, you know what he's saying? He didn't learn this in a textbook. This is by experience. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. You know what he's saying? Be wrapped up in God. Be brave and be courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will not disappoint you. So what are you hoping for? What is it that God's saying? Hey, just I dare you to keep hoping today. I'm hoping for so much more for our church. I'm hoping for, for more services, more campuses, more souls to be saved, more marriages to be restored, more people to be baptized, more, more, more uh, relief work to be done through our church, through your generosity, more sacrifices to be made, but more parties to throw. I'm believing for more. I dare to hope. I'm just crazy enough to believe. I invite you to come on the journey with Sozo Church to keep daring to hope, to keep believing for greater things in our church. Amen? But what are you hoping for? Individually, what is it that you're hoping for? Because this is my prayer for you. Just like Paul said in Ephesians, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with the light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And in Romans, he says, now, now may God, this is my prayer for you, church. Now may God, the inspiration and the fountain of our hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Let me tell you this, hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And I believe that every, every hope that's in your heart, you'll only discover that hope in a relationship with the person Jesus because he is our hope. Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us each week on the podcast or live in San Francisco, California. Keep up with life at Sozo Church by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.